Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Ramblings of a Pro Trader. Um, I don't actually know what episode this is. I really should uh, work that one out, shouldn't I, before I start these uh, podcasts. But there we go, we've had quite a few now. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's 9, I don't know. Um, but yeah, as ever, I've got a football match on in the background and that is Arsenal playing Wren or Ron or Renz, however it is pronounced, I do not know. I've not actually heard many people try and pronounce it today on TalkSport either, so they haven't helped me out there. Um, feeling a little bit smug actually as we start because uh, I've just tipped the Arsenal to qualify um, at close to evens and Arsenal scored in five minutes, so um, obviously really nice profit there. They're about to score again, yep. 2-0 so anyone who held on to that trade would have done really well um, you can kind of see this one coming a mile off Arsenal are going to go for it Ren are probably going to sit back um, try and defend the lead it's going to be difficult for them Arsenal on a massive high after the weekend obviously beating Man United um, so yeah just seemed a bit of a no brainer to me got on that close to evens and uh, it's pretty much all over already really with that trade obviously massive green if you took the advice and followed as some of our members did so well done to them congrats and uh, it was actually good because I asked on the forum what other people's opinions were and a couple of others did this was only just before kickoff and a couple of others agreed um, it's always nice when you know good traders agree with you because you kind of think you know what maybe I'm doing the right thing here um, no the ball doesn't look like it went out so, yeah, 2-0 to Arsenal. Um, they'll be pleased with that. I've just been eating these, uh, you know, Bassett's do like dib dabs and refreshers and stuff like that. And I've got these new things called softies, which is basically like refreshers, but like a soft, chewy, sweet rather than, you know, the sort of hard refreshers that you normally get. Same with a dib dab, um, just kind of in a sweet form. I mean, how amazing, by the way, are dib dabs and refreshers? I think dib dabs might be my favourite ever sweets. If you've not had them, they're kind of like this little red lolly and sherbet. Basically, you dip the lolly and sherbet. Um, you know, and half the fun is is trying to get all this sherbet on the lolly. Um, and, you know, wow, it's got to be the best one out there. But refreshers are pretty good as well. What I like doing with refreshers, if you don't know, they're just these little hard sweets that like you chew. They're pretty soft once you chew into them. Um, they're a bit like um, oh those triple X tree board mints they have, but without you know any real kick to them other than being really sweet and really fizzy. But if you put a few refreshers in your mouth, chew them all at once. My God, that is uh, that is a fizz and a half, and uh, actually, yeah, good fun. Uh, I do enjoy that. I quite like those little candy sticks they do as well. But I didn't see them in the in this new softies uh, bag. And uh, two of these packs for one pound fifty. Quite a few sweets in there, so pretty pleased with that. You know, you got to get your value, haven't you, as traders, professional traders? We're going to try and find our value, and that kind of carries over to all walks of life with me. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's quite interesting, really. I mean, going back to the football, how. England are having a great time in Europe at the moment, obviously. Arsenal, Chelsea are going to go through by the looks of it in Europa League. Got four clubs in the Champions League quarterfinals. Um, 
I'm quite glad to see Arsenal and Chelsea in the Europa League this year because it means they've kind of taken it a bit more seriously. I feel that sometimes other teams who either are top four certainties or not in there struggle and, and put weaker teams in because they're so worried about their league uh, standing. But really, for an Arsenal and Chelsea, this could be a great backdoor into the Champions League. Uh, we saw United do it. Um, I think the big danger in Napoli, well, massive danger. It'd be, be a cracking tie. I'd love to see Napoli play one of the English boys in the next round. Um just purely because they've they've done they've been so consistently good, you know. If it wasn't for Juventus, they would have won like a few titles in the last few years. Um, so, and it's not easy to always come second, is it? Uh, you know, that's kind of all right. They didn't win it, but Juventus are so far ahead of everyone else. It's kind of nothing to be ashamed of. But to get second, you know, with all the big teams like Milan, Lazio, Roma, Inter. Fiorentina even, you know, um, that's actually pretty impressive that they've been so consistently good over the last few years, because it wasn't that long ago, you've only got to go back about 10 years, and when they were in the Serie B, um, so yeah, Napoli, done an outstanding job, the club's obviously run really well, a bit similar actually to the way Atletico Madrid are now, I mean they're a bit unlucky this week in the Champions League, but another really well-run club, of a club who again, you know, they're in the second division. Okay. I can't remember the exact year. Um, but it was definitely, you know, this century. And yet they've come up from there and become a really special team in Spain. And actually being able to challenge Barcelona and Real, which uh, not many teams in Europe have even been able to do in the last few years. So incredible achievement for Atleti, really, with their budget. Um but yeah, I th- I think it's quite exciting. I, I always get a bit more excited in the European games this time of year because it means so much, you know. Even the non-English club games, you know, when they're like the event at Atletico Madrid and you've got two of the best sides in the world, essentially. It's just great. It's just great viewing. And uh, you want to see the best playing the best, don't you? I think a lot of people are worried about the potential of this European Super League and... Uh, I think that that it's got legs, really. I think it will probably happen at some point because, you know, why don't why wouldn't people want to see the best players? I know that we don't want the Premier League to be affected and stuff like that, but these guys are on a different planet, aren't they? You know, these these top tier teams now with the money. I mean, it's interesting because I was I I was talking to Bob on the forum before um, I did this and. Uh, we were talking about the NFL because at the moment it's it's the drafts coming up uh, at the start of next month. And then, of course, at the moment, there's free agency. Now, in free agency, a bit like football, you see a lot of big players moving around for free. But, and this is, this is quite a serious point, they often end up at worse clubs. Or worse teams, sorry, not really called clubs in America, are they? Worse teams. Now, the reason is... Um, f- because there's a salary cap, because teams get you know certain draft picks, depending on how badly they did the year before, they get an advantage in the draft and things like that. It's actually a much more level playing field. So the smaller clubs have the money to go. Do you know what? I'll pay you more money than than the better. Sorry, I said club again. Than the better team. And it really makes it exciting. It really makes it interesting. You know. Um, 
every year you, you kind of get a surprise story in the NFL. And, all right, New England have won it a lot recently. But, I mean, talking of teams that have made the Super Bowl, you know, every year it seems to be different teams. It's, uh, it's rare that... I mean, the Super Bowl itself, I don't know if it's ever been the same two teams the next year, which is quite amazing, really. And, uh, you know, we saw this year the emergence of Kansas as a force, Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams really sort of building on their potential for the last season. The Chargers up and coming as a team, a young team with a good, strong veteran quarterback. Um, and yeah, so again, and the Saints, you know, kind of having a revival in terms of almost making the Super Bowl. We're really unlucky not to. So it really is interesting. And I think if people wanted to avoid the European Super League, what football really needs to do is some kind of NFL style uh, way of levelling the playing field now obviously Man United fans Arsenal fans, you know Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool aren't going to want to hear that um, but you know, why not Let why not let's level the playing field I mean we're one of the only leagues in the world that actually splits the money from the TV contract evenly but what other people forget is that actually, if your game's shown live, you get, I think, 1.5 million or something. So the bigger clubs do get a little bit more of a pie, but obviously not that much that it's, that it's particularly meaningful. Um, but I think it's good that the Premier League does that, and it's a shame, really, that they don't do that in Spain and other countries because it does just mean and, and you see it don't you in these other countries you see how it works and you know you're getting one or two teams dominating the league getting the better contracts and of course they're going to keep winning it's just like the law of average you know if you can keep buying top players you're going to find some that actually play well for you compared to clubs who have to just gamble on you know a failed player or a free agent who was released and things like this um obviously with the wage restrictions I think a salary cap would be a really good thing in the, in the Premier League I think it would just make it so much more interesting wouldn't it you know if it wasn't the same teams I mean since Leicester it's kind of been like the top six have gone you know we can't have this crap anymore um, we're going to make sure we're at absolute top now for the rest of time um, and some of the astronomical fees that the Premier League clubs have been spending on players, um, you know, even goalkeepers going for like 70, 80 million, which you could never have imagined that, um, you know, so it's quite incredible what we've seen um, with that, and uh, it'd be quite interesting to see what happens in the future, whether this European Super League does ever happen, just looking at this Arsenal-Rennes game, it's quite interesting that um, Ren have kind of started to have a bit of a go now since they've gone 2-0 down. Because basically, if they lose 2-0, they're out. But Arsenal have kind of sat back a little bit as well and not playing with that same urgency and tempo that they were in the first 10-15 minutes. I mean, it's amazing how goals can affect games. Because really, Arsenal should just keep going for it. If they get a couple more goals, you know, they've probably put this to bed. The problem they've got is that if Ren score now, Arsenal are out. Um, and then Arsenal needs to score again. And of course, if Ren can somehow pick up two, they're in real trouble because they'd have to win by three. So it really gets interesting in that sense. And uh, 
it's just funny how as soon as a team is in the position to go through, they just seem to switch off and play a slightly different style. And I think Atletico really got hurt by doing that the other night. Being 2-0 up didn't really help them because they kind of went to Turin and I don't know, they just they didn't really look up for it. They looked like they wanted to just sit on that lead. It is such a dangerous... I mean, I've seen it with Norwich this season, and they do that sometimes when they go ahead. And worst thing you can do is try and sit on a lead. I mean, luckily, we've learned from it, and we keep trying to push for more goals now, and it can make games a little bit more uh, easy to win when you're not having to sweat a one-goal lead, you know, for 45 minutes every game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Atleti might have actually been better if it was nil-nil. And then... You know, they could have gone there with the away goals advantage of not having conceded any. Um, but yeah, I mean, great performance from Ronaldo, obviously. Um, well, those goals weren't that great, were they? I think it was a couple of routine headers and a penalty. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, he just pops up with it, doesn't he, time and time again. I mean, it's going to be really exciting. I can't wait for this Champions League draw now. Um, it's a shame they're doing it on Friday because you kind of want it to be the next day when all the momentum's building who you're going to play I know they like to wait for the Europa League um, but yeah I'll definitely be trying to watch that tomorrow if anyone's ever watched any of those uh, FIFA ceremonies they're uh, quite uh, well it won't be FIFA sorry will it? it'll be UEFA one of those UEFA ceremonies they are quite interminable um, usually in terms of they don't have drag it out um it's not like those FA Cup final draws where they just have the little ball in the bag and you draw one, two, three, four, and it's done in about two minutes. This is like, oh, it takes forever. And it, the group stage stuff, when they draw that and they have to put everyone in the group first. And Well, if you've ever seen one of the World Cup draws, it's it's very similar. And they are just dreadful. Uh, you wish they'd just get on with it. But I am excited to see you know who gets who. It'd be interesting to see if the English teams can avoid each other. Um, I know people are a bit sceptical about UEFA in that sense, that they think that after last year putting, uh, I think it was putting Liverpool and Man City together in the quarterfinals, we only had two teams left. So it was a shame to know that one had to go out no matter what, and then you're only going to have one from there on. But again, why have we got four teams in the, in the quarterfinals? And why has it not happened in the last 10 years? And guess who did it 10 years ago? Yeah, it was the Premier League again. So why is that? Well, I think the reason is, quite simply, that TV deal. Splitting the money, giving other teams a real chance, um, you know, and then it makes the league more competitive. And, and although we've kind of seen that decline a bit since the Leicester thing, um, we do still get a pretty competitive league. Once you take that top six out, you know, the rest of the teams have money to spend. Um, they all get, what, 90, nearly £100 million to start each season. Um, you know, and that doesn't include any of the other income they make from ticket sales, merchandise, stuff like that. So, you know, if you've got £100 million, even in this climate, and you're looking for some free transfers, you can offer some decent money, can't you? Sign-on fees, decent wages there. Um, and you know even clubs like I can't remember who it was it might have been Palace no I don't even think it was Palace I can't remember. I think it was Bournemouth we're talking about 
you know, having their first hundred grand a week player. Now, could you imagine Bournemouth a few years ago having a hundred grand a week player? No matter how well they'd done ten years ago, there's no way they would have been able to spend a hundred grand a week on a player. But it's amazing how the money's changed and how it's gone up in the English game. And uh, you know, hopefully, it means we're getting all the best players in the Premier League. I do wish we saw more young of the youngsters playing um, because I think people like Foden and Hudson Odoi they need game time. You know, every time I watch them, I'm impressed, and I think, why can't we give them more time? You know, and Hudson Odoi just sometimes they're the game's over, you know, and he still doesn't get brought on to the last 10 minutes, and the game was over half an hour, why not give him half an hour, you know, why not, let's see what he's, he can do, um, but, you know, these managers are under so much pressure to stay in the Premier League, because the financial cuts are so drastic, um, I know that when Norwich came down a couple of years ago, the fact is, the whole squad pretty much changes, you know. All right, you, sometimes because of the parachute payments, clubs keep a lot of their Premier League players. Often, actually, it's the wrong thing to do um, because that momentum is just lost and because they were all part of that relegation, it seems to, they seem to have a hangover a lot of the time. So you don't want to keep those players. Um it might be hard to offload, obviously, because if they're on massive wages, they're not going to get them elsewhere. This is the thing that the English clubs are starting to find. You know, you've got players like Ertzil on silly money now, 300, I think. Sanchez, I think he's on close to 500, it's been reported. Their clubs don't really want those players, actually. They'd, they'd, be, they'd be very happy to get them off the wage bill now, but they just can't because who the hell is going to pay that kind of money? Unless China comes in, which they don't seem to be as ready to hand out these ridiculous contracts as they were. Um, you're not going to get anyone in Spain or Italy or France paying that sort of money outside of you know PSG, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And they're not going to go for a player like Ertzil or Sanchez, very likely. So, yeah, the only other option really is another Premier League club because they're the ones with all the money. Um, so yeah, we're going to start seeing a lot of those situations, I think, and it'll be quite um, fascinating to see how the clubs deal with these massive wage bills moving forward. Okay, guys, I'm going to leave it there for this episode. Um, thanks for listening. Um, obviously, you know, thanks for the feedback. I've got a lot of positive feedback about this podcast, which is why I keep doing it. Um, hope people keep enjoying listening to it. If you've got any suggestions, anything you want added in. Just let me know. And uh, yeah, obviously keep logging in to betfairtrainingcommunity.com uh, to chat to us every day. Obviously me and Ryan on the forum quite regularly to speak to people. Um, so I think it's just forum.betfairtrainingcommunity.com. So if you remember, check, remember to check out the forum. Um, we've got quite threads for asking questions about anything. We do have one rule, you know, no question is a silly one. So don't feel shy. Um, you know, because we want our members to ask questions and get the help that they need, and uh, obviously sometimes the best way to do that is to is to simply ask. Um, because if there's something you don't know about, we don't necessarily know everything you don't know about. So yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll be back again next week with the next podcast.